It's a little after 1 o'clock. This is the Lowdown on Sports 1440, driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Hurry in for GMC's Joy to the Ride event. No payments for 90 days on every new in-stock 2023 GMC and Buick. Ask for details, plus get up to 4000 in Christmas cash. Yes, from Wolf GMC Buick. Speaking of delights, we are joined by our friend Bruce McCurdy from the Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal. Mr. McCurdy. I, I'm afraid to ask you this question, but I'm going to go ahead and ask anyway. So we've been down this road before with Philip Broberg a long, long time. Is, is management slash ownership pass slap everybody, the people in charge learning, or are we just witnessing another event where the Edmonton Oilers bleed out a talent before they know what he is? Yeah. Uh, I have my deep concerns about that, uh, Alan, and it's uh, it's gone on for quite a long time. You know, I looked. I knew I had a key quote that I'd written a number of years ago. Uh, this is actually in 2019, and the quote is: "We want our younger players to develop more in American Hockey League. I think that we bring them up a bit too early in hopes that they're going to be ready when they're really, really close." I think we have to leave them down there until they're over right. Now, who said that in 2019? I, I would, I, my guess is Ken Holland. Yeah, it was actually Bob Nicholson in January of 2019, right at the firing of Peter Shirelli, judging by this date. And uh, they were just going into the interim phase, and we brought in Ken Holland, to whom the term overripen has been attached, and I think probably already was, but uh, this is an organizational philosophy, and I'm not sure it's served them very well in recent years. It, what I always thought was you, you, you wait until the player's ready and confident, and I've seen Broberg play in the mm-hmm. AHL, and he looks good. He really does. He's always yeah. their best player. He gets power play time, but then he comes up here, and he doesn't play really at all. And we saw recently when Broberg was on for a goal against, and it was his partner, Cody Cece, uh, and I give credit to the coach. He, he gave him a really good uh, veteran right-handed partner, but Abandoned the slot, ends up being an easy pass across for a goal. Broberg mm-hmm. sat for, I think, most of that period. I, I just, I, like, look, I understand people are saying Broberg isn't all that, and maybe he isn't. But man, I've seen this before from this organization, and it's a little old. Yeah, well, my recollection is that that happened about five minutes into. Broberg got called up uh, when they did the uh, long-term injured reserve thing. They had to legalize his bones. And he played like seven minutes in one game, and then he played about five minutes, and that goal happened, and he never saw the ice again, and then he hasn't seen the ice since. They've gone 12-6 ever since then. And it was just like one mistake, boom, out of here. Uh, and uh, that seemed a bit harsh, but I've seen quite a few mistakes lined up in the back boys next year, and Phil Broberg didn't make most of them. Yeah, it's I, I I and I look at the team, Bruce, and I go, what do they need? Well, they need guys who are pushing the veterans so that like if Connor Brown is struggling, somebody can plug and play. So maybe they can go, you know, they can trade Broberg for a player who can help them do that. And I give them credit. They got coasting a year ago. They couldn't sign him. I understand that, too. But when you've got a guy, this isn't Yamamoto. This isn't Paul Yarby that you've already paid money to. And then they disappoint. This is a guy who's not going to make a lot of money. Uh, he's a value deal. 
And if they trade him and then somebody gets hurt in the top six the next day, it's going to look pretty bad. Yeah, well, you mentioned Yamamoto. Let's go back to uh, 2019-20 season. Paul was first when he signed which the lesser Granlund, Michael uh, Marcus, that signed for one year here at a little over a million dollars. And he ran through a bunch of veterans like that. And I think it was Granlund that was on the plane down to Bakersfield that Yamamoto took the return flight up to replace him. And as you'll recall, he came in the second half of the the year on the dynamite line, and uh, and it changed the team. But, you know, he made him sort of percolate in the minors, but just long enough, really. And he was ready to go when he came up. And whereas Broberg, he doesn't have a guy with a one-year contract that's gone at the end of the year in front of him. He has three left defensemen that are all signed to at least 2026. 20, and they all got signed by Holland since the, he drafted Broberg. And so what's the plan? I don't understand it. Well, we were told when he was drafted that Broberg could play right side. Ken Holland uh, has said, at, at length he said, oh, you know, this, this is a player we've got to, you know, he's got to play. We've got we to gotta get him in there. And, mm-hmm. and like, I, like I, don't, I don't understand why, why this is happening again and again and again. And I assume again it'll happen. And, I, like, I, I get it. I understand they have better options. But I think if you play a young player in October and November, he'll pay you back in March and April, Bruce. Well, I mean, you tell me, is Brett Kulak at two and three-quarter million dollars a better option than Philip Broberg at entry level? You know, it's like cheerful to pay. And, but the thing is, he's locked in there. And I, as from where I see he's got no particular trade value, Brett Kulak, if you're a team interested in acquiring a defenseman, you say, well, Edmonton's third pairing has been getting blown up and they want to trade off this guy that's got two points and minus eight and uh, has uh, uh, two and three-quarter years left at two and three-quarter million. And I just don't see them being able to do that. I mean, that contract would have made a lot more sense to me at two years. And then there's sort of a position where you can see where Broberg is, is going to at least have his day. And now, I mean, where is it? And they, the 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 Otis slow played Evan Bouchard. Remember that they didn't play him. They didn't I play him. Do. And 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 they fourteen games out of fifty six. Right, never played in the minors. So. Right, and that was the. And I understand that was a wonky year, but it doesn't matter. You mm-hmm. the, the 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 idea that the Edmonton Oilers are developing players correctly, I think we can throw in the trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, here's another example: uh, Dylan Holloway. Last year, all the articles beginning of the season said, well, he either needs to be playing meaningful top nine minutes on the Oilers or else he needs to be playing 18 minutes a night in American Hockey League. And some people were hoping, sort of envisioning the upside, and other people were envisioning the downside. But what wound up happening was neither. He played 51 games basically on the fourth line at nine minutes a night. And then he got sent down. He scored a goal in the first period, assist in the second period, got injured in the third period, and that was the... uh, the uh, Dylan Holloway hat trick that kind of messed up the rest of that season for him. But again, where was the plan? Yeah, it, 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 I, I don't like, I, I would like to know if the AHL general manager and the AHL coach and the NHL general manager and the NHL coach 
are on the same plane with all of this because mm-hmm. it, it just seems to me that that we're what we're looking at is another player who who sort of got lost in translation and uh-huh. and you know when I saw him in the American League man he could play and he comes up and he plays uh-huh. sparingly they used to use that word sparingly and then he mm-hmm. you know he he kind of rots because he's not playing gets you know rusty I guess is a better way of saying it and. And what what is bothersome is, you know, Broberg, the the agent is now talking and the GM's talking and they're cross-talking mm-hmm. and we've got yep. another Pugliarvi level mess. But the idea yep. that this is going to be the last time it happens is a farce because it'll happen again, Bruce. Well, I mean, right now you have a situation where people legitimately asked and Ken Holland says, well, I never gave him permission. And people legitimately asked, well, maybe he didn't ask Holland for permission, maybe he asked Jeff Jackson. I'm the president or CEO of hockey operations. Uh, and, of course, now we have another new level of, of uh, assistant coach slash special advisor to the owner in the mix. I mean, who knows what's going on there? Is this about Daryl Cates, in your opinion? Is this about because, it, you know, <sighs> it starts at the top, Bruce? Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he has provided the money, and he's made money too. Don't, you know, he's done well, uh, but he's kept the team up to the top of the cap. And I think maybe in the long run that that's hurt them in the sense they never seem to have any cap money in reserve. Yeah, and uh, it's, uh, uh, but I've heard differing things about about Kate's and, and nothing that's sort of really on the record, but. Uh, 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 his overall record. I mean, he took over the team in what oh eight, right? And here we are. And I mean, obviously, uh, team team's been getting closer. And uh, but uh, I'm not sure exactly even what the structure is at this moment and what the plan is for young players. I know in the in the in the uh, and you say wait five years for the draft. And you're absolutely right. But Ken Holmes has been here almost five years. Been here for five drafts. And all the players that were drafted in his time, uh, this year they played 30 games and they've got one point among the three of them. And that would be uh, Broberg, Lavoie, and Hall. And so, and other team, other contending teams also have very few in the way young draft choices in there. So, it's you know it's not it's not cut and dry. I'm just not seeing the place where uh, where the team is wide open for opportunity for these guys and then of course you have that home getting hurt in the captain skate and whatever plan they had to maybe try Broberg with him went out the window and it just went straight downhill and sideways for Broberg since then. Sports fourteen forty. This is the lowdown with low tide. Bruce McCurdy and I bitching like old men at the side of the road right now when the car <laughs> won't start. Um, <laughs> I flooded it again. Um, I told you not to. I said you were going to flood it, and you did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and and don't try to talk me out of it by saying Jupiter's up there. I can't see it anyway. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about a team that seems to be. They got two point five six million in cap room. They develop players. They bring them up. They play them. They have young players pushing the old players. Carolina Hurricanes. They don't have McDavid and they don't have Drysital, but they've they've appear to have uh, developed something that works. Yeah, I remember seeing them in a preseason game here four or five years ago, and they came in and absolutely beat the pants off. The Oilers had the, one of their better teams playing. 
and it was Jordan Stoll and company just checking the holy hell out of them. And they had this young kid named Marty Natchez. And he'd just been drafted, you know, he hadn't shaved yet. And yet you could see the talent dripping off that guy. And I've been watching him for years and thinking, when's he coming, when's he coming? But they didn't panic. And they didn't, I don't think, push him too soon. Or at least, they, you know, they, 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 they gave him a variety of experiences, let's put it that way. And now he's, what, 22 or 23 or whatever, and he's, he's here. And why wouldn't you want to do that with Philip Broke? Getting back to our other <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, it does make sense, right? You know? So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, one question about the team, and then one question about Broberg, uh, and then we're going to let you go because uh, you don't mm-hmm. have to go walking and stuff. Um, oh, I'm done. <laughs> okay. So, um, they've got 12 games this month, I believe. It's not an easy schedule, Bruce. How many points do you think the Oilers will get out of those 12 games? Give me a ballpark. Boy, it's a weird schedule, too, isn't it? Yep. Six home games and six road games, and that's the entire month of schedule. And the six road games are two trips, one to each coast with Christmas in the trip. <laughs> uh, well, I think they, you know, they kind of got to go 15 points. You, the, you hope. I mean, that's, yeah, well, if you don't, you're probably losing ground. And... Here's the thing: when the Oilers were uh, went on their break, the team in eighth place was like ten and ten, and it was like uh, you know, true five hundred was the team on the second wild card spot. Well, since then you got Arizona winning a bunch of games, St. Louis winning a bunch of games, and all of a sudden that that spot, like I wasn't too worried. I think the Oilers have games in hand that they that uh, at the end of the break, and now they're going to have to win those games because those teams in those spots won their games. And it's complicated. It is. It really is. All right. So my final question is this. If they can make the money work and they traded Broberg for Clem Costin at two million times two years or a year and a whatever a half, what would Bruce McCurdy's article headline be in the Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal? Oh, yeah. They, they'd have to retain half. Yeah. They would. For for it to make any sense. And the Oilers would say, well, you made the mistake paying two million. We think he's worth one million. We're prepared to pay him that, but you're going to pay the other one. Uh, and so, I mean, you can make it work. Uh, man, I am so reluctant to just give up on a Swedish defenseman. I know. My two favorite words. Who can uh, skate like the like wind, Bruce. Four and 212 pounds and skate like the wind. And he makes unbelievable athletic plays on the, on the pinches. I don't know if you've noticed the way yeah, he can no, support he himself no. to reach around guys and get a stick onto the puck and, and keep it in play. Uh, very useful skill on the Oilers. And he's very good at it on the right side. Not that uh, uh, the Oilers necessarily. I mean, if they're going to use him on the right side, why didn't they play him on the right side all the time down <laughs> in uh, Bakersfield? Like, I know. I, my my line, I, my hill to die on is Arthur Kaliev. If they can get him, fine. But well, you know, like I, what you know, what drives me crazy, and I guess you're not going because I'm still talking to you. So what drives me crazy is this: is 
I can be critical of Ken Holland because of the draft. I had I had Broberg like 16th. I had lots of guys uh-huh. ahead of him. But once yep. it's done, it's done. He was drafted 8th overall. Right. Now he's your guy. Now you need to develop okay. him. So, like, if mm-hmm. if I'm Ken Holland, I go in and I go, no. Like, I put my foot down and I go, not trading him. Because mm-hmm. you, you – and play the guy. Like, for crying out loud, this is not rocket science. And I don't mean seven people. I mean, give Kulak a rest for a couple of games. And then maybe give DeHarnay a rest for a couple of games. It, it, or, this, don't, or don't sign a third-pairing defenseman to a four-year contract when you've got a young left-handed defenseman looking for a landing spot. Well, you know what? We sound like a we sound like a broken record, and you, are <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> your Kulak train is off the rails. But I get it. I understand. Well, he's, he's, I mean, he's got he built a brick wall three stories high with three long term contracts <laughs> on that side of the fence. Like that's that's the part I can't get over the wall either. I do know there's barbed wire at the top of it, though. Man, okay. Well, we've we've harangued and we bullied and we bitched. I guess we're done. Thanks, Bruce. Okay. Oh, and it sounds like this song. Number nine. Number nine. <laughs> yeah, number nine. Not the way you were saying it. Well, I, I, it's been a long time, you know? Turn it on, good mom. You watch it. Yeah. I'm going to air guitar the Star Spangled Banner during this commercial break, McCurdy. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm with uh, Beals and Revolution number nine. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, a long, long time ago. Happy birthday, old man. All right. Thanks, McCurdy. Bruce McCurdy from the Cult of Hockey, the Edmonton Journal. That was a flat-out old, two old guys bitch session. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I feel better. <sighs> okay, on the way, pro hockey rumors. We've already done a ton of them. Now we're going to do more. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Powered by Wolf GMC Buick. I like it. Big fan of that band. I love uh, the uh, Fly By Night album specifically. Today on the Jason Greger Show, we have two packages. The ultimate made-to-measure experience, courtesy Brightview Elementary Breakfast Program, $1,500 towards two outfits handpicked by Sterling Dirk to fit your style. Options, blazers, shoes, jeans, etc. Whatever you want. Your wish is their command. An additional $500 in G-seats towards shirts, ties, and accessories at Mr. Dirk. Whatever you want, all tailoring and clothes is included. Package number two, golf experience at the ranch. What a course. Love that place. I re- I've been there many, many times. And that's for Operation Friendship Senior Society. Ten rounds of golf at the ranch with a power card for each round and use of driving range for before every round, which I don't know about you, but I need. Run round of golf for three people with head pro Sean Piercy. Apparently, he'll buy lunch and beverages. And then one round of golf for two with uh, Murray McCourt and Kevin Carius from Sports 1440. A spirited match usually involves some friendly wagering, lunch, beverages of these guys. Yeah, well, Carius is a good golfer. Like, he's he, does, he talks the talk and he walks the walk. Not like the rest of us in media. It's the TV money that you can afford to go golfing and spend, you know, real money on your equipment, your golf clubs, uh, when you make the TV money, you know, so... And, of course, he's got connections everywhere. Court likes him. Oh, man. Are you any good at golfer? Terrible. I'm a horrible golfer. I like golf. I like getting out there with my friends and, and playing around and, you know, getting to the 19th hole as quickly as we can. But uh, terrible golfer. I shoot like 120s, 110s. I'm awful. God, I love you. 
You know, you are just so good for my ego. Yeah. What do you shoot? Why are you well, good at I golf? can shoot around a hundred. I like yeah. I and I don't cheat. Like I do not cheat. If I if I'm if a tree's in front of me, I'll kick it out into the fairway. I will not cheat. Like, I'll shoot around a hundred. I got some pretty good friends. Like I got friends. One he he golfed at Red Deer College. Like he was on the golf team there. He'll shoot like in the seventies. I got another friend who's really good. And a couple of friends actually will shoot in the eighties. And when I tag along, it's like, oh man, we got to play best ball because Declan's going to keep us here all day. Like this guy stinks. You know, it's it's, it's one of those kind of tag alongs when I'm there. I hate best ball. Don't you hate best ball? I like it because my ball is no. I always get it's like a free stroke essentially for me. I'm terrible. I'm slicing everywhere. I have no no idea what I'm doing. My short I would game rather, is horrible. I would rather play with my handicap, whatever it is. Like I don't know what what is your, if your handy if you're a, shoot a hundred consistently, your handicap would be what twenty eight. Yes. Okay. I think, but I'm still not a hundred percent sure on what a handicap is. I've asked like a hundred times, but I think from my understanding of it, that's what it would be. Yes. Well, a handicap is if you shoot a hundred. That's your average score over a period of time. Yes. Then you get that many strokes to get to 72 so that you're, yes. you're like, it's easy for me because if I shoot, if I shoot 94, I'm bragging all day and people are going, what the hell is that brag guy bragging about shooting 94? But if I shoot 106, then I'm not happy. I would, I'm never happy with what I shoot, even if I shot 106, because I feel like I should be. Like in the eighties, even though I have no justification for that, I'm a terrible golfer. Well, you're a good, you're, you are a young man, spry, muscled, marbled, really. Not in a bad way. It's not, I'm not saying you're marbled chiseled. Yeah. Okay. Chiseled, <laughs> chiseled's better than marble. There we <laughs> Don't go. ever let me write your bio. Um, <laughs> and so I would think you'd be able to hit that potato a long way, but maybe not. Low tide. I don't cheat at golf. Also low tide. If I'm behind a tree, I'll kick the ball. <laughs> listen, I don't expect you to listen that closely. No, that was from the text line. I had to steal that one. That was from that was no name on that text, but Sean Brown said it yesterday. Nothing is handed out in the NHL. You have to earn your stripe. That's what's happening with Broberg. Part of the process. Needs to work through it. His chance will come. Pouting does nothing. He's not pouting. Look, the Edmonton Oilers and Philip Broberg have been going back and forth on this. And it went public yesterday. I'm not going to tell you who did it, but you can guess. If you, you know, are, are using the brain that God gave you, you can guess what, you know, who would want this out there. So now it's a pressure point. And if I'm Ken Holland, if I'm the Edmonton Oilers, I go, yeah, we're not moving them. I would just get double stubborn. The Oilers keep doing this. They did it with Pronger. I said they should trade Pronger if they could get value back. And they got a bunch of assets, but it meant they were going to rebuild. They should trade Polya Yarvi if they could get value back. And they did. They got cap room, which they badly needed. They really, really, really did. That was part of the Ekholm deal, right? Like, that's how they got Ekholm on the roster, I believe I'm right. I play one shot per 18 holes. I, too, shoot 100 to 110. There you go. Love the show, boys. Oh, that's very nice. That's the person who was ripping a new one for me. Well done, sir or ma'am. Um, I must admit that I do cheat at golf. If there's a tree in front of me, I will lift the tree, take my shot, and put the tree. Well, that's just good form. You have to remove single hole scores higher than triple bogey and double bogey, depending upon your index. So one hole can't inflate your handicap. Yeah, I get that. But you would do it over, don't you do it over, don't you score it over a period of like rounds so that you'd have like 10 to look at? 
That's what I thought. But again, I'm not the person to ask for this. You don't sound like a broken record. McCurdy was defending Hall until, until two months ago. Look, you know, you, you, I, I, I get this too. People are like, well, you loved, you loved Holland before. Look, I, Holland, if you look at Holland's record after 2019, he got the team to the playoffs. They won two rounds. That things were going progressively well. Jay Woodcroft was hired. I thought he was a very good hire. There, there were things not to like, but not, everybody wants the world to be black and white. It simply is not. It's shades of gray. This is highly disappointing because it, you know, you don't maybe see this coming, but I do. They don't have any value contracts. So they're going to have to, next year, it's going to be Gagne, Yanmark, uh, Yaroslav Pozar and, and Toby Peterson. Because the more guys that you don't have pushing from the farm, young guys who can play, the more guys like that you have. And you can't have that many of them. It doesn't work like that. You can't have a bunch of 37-year-old guys making 900000 That's not your top two lines and your third pairing and your backup goalie. If it is, you've lost. This is dire. Damn it. You know, the Oilers, they, they can't get out of their own way sometimes. And this is what it is. This is, again, the organization changing managers and then deciding they don't like a guy. And my God, have we seen that. Do you remember what happened with Timo Hardikainen? He was a good player. He came up when Ralph Kruger was the coach, and he didn't score. Now, he was scoring in the AHL. He was a big man, big kind of guy that they liked. They liked those big guys, maybe a little slow, but he's a big guy. He came up, and he didn't do anything for Ralph. And Ralph said, well, that's the way it is. And then Craig McTavish took over as GM, and he said, well, you know, you got to score a little bit in the NHL. And they sent him away. They sent him to Toronto. And I can't remember. They got a defenseman. I don't remember the name. And then they hired. Do you remember who they, they signed? You see, no, what was his name? Uh, Yesse Yuansu. Was that it? I think that's right. And he had a back. They knew they had a back problem. He came in and he had a back problem. And I'm like, oh, my God. So now, and by the way, just so you know, and maybe you don't know because he's been doing it in Europe, but Hardikainen has been. I don't know what that was. Harder, I'm mad. Hardikainen has been in the KHL for 400 years playing hockey well, and he could have been at least a third-line or fourth-line guy in the NHL. And the Oilers made that deal, and they got 62 games over two years out of Johansson because he couldn't play. And then he went back to Switzerland and the KHL, and right now he's in the, the Ligia. And Timo Hardikainen is, uh, last I checked, he was still playing at a high level. I can't spell Hardikainen, so this might be a problem. It's a disappointing thing. It really is. He's playing in Switzerland and doing well. Played a ton in the KHL. Big numbers in the KHL with Salavat Yuleyev, Ufa. He's still only 33. And yes, I think Pouliot should come back at some point in time. Like, the Oilers, the fans are blaming the scouts. That's wrong. The amateur scouts don't get to pick. Everything's been traded. It's like that. It's like the commercial. Everything must go, and it does. And including the cap. And including roster spots. Because you can only have 21. You can't have extra players. The extra players would be the young players. Sam Gagne's up here. Raphael Lavoie's not. By the way, I'll give you the lines today. 
McDavid with Nuge and Hyman, Drysaddle with Kane and Brown, McLeod with Fogel and Gagne, Hamblin with Yanmark and Ryan. And by the way, Hamblin is looking good. I have to say that is something you want to talk about the scouts. And I don't know who I don't know who I don't know who would have scouted him, but Hamblin is playing. And he is building himself a resume. One of two guys who played as rookies on the team this year, the other being Raphael Lavoie. James Hamblin. Nurse with CeCe, Ekholm with Bouchard, Kulak with DeHarnay, Skinner in goal, Picard backing up, the scratches, Philip Broberg, and I've had Adam Ernie. Don't trade Philip Broberg. If, you know, and I don't talk to Ken Holland, and I don't talk to anybody in the Edmonton Oilers organization, but if I did, I would say, don't trade this guy. You haven't played him enough. You don't know what you don't know about this player. And I understand you're trying to get into the playoffs. I get it all. But rest Kulak. Give Broberg a few games. Get him in the lineup. Because as sure as hell you're going to trade him and then somebody's going to get hurt and then you're going to put somebody in there and maybe they don't have the same ability. And I know that maybe somebody in the organization who's arrived recently doesn't like him. But that doesn't mean you throw the baby out with the bathwater. And that's what this looks like for the Edmonton Oilers. And I know the story got out wonky, but the story is real. Saravalli reported on it. Daniel Nugent Bowman reported on it. Uh, Ryan Rashog reported on it. There's a lot of nuance to this story, but it breaks down to the same thing. The Edmonton Oilers, it's out. If they're going shopping, they're getting, in, they're getting offered things that are just not, not there for them. Now, there is a game tonight, and they do have to play it, and hopefully they will win for Edmonton Oilers fans' sake. You need value contracts, folks. You just do. Like, you can't do this all the time. Like, okay, so if you're, if Broberg, whose contract, now he's got a bonus, but his contract is 863333 so it's $870,000. And just so we're clear, with the bonus, his AAV would be 1713 okay? Because there's a bonus involved. You won't make it, but the, the, you have to incorporate that right at the beginning of the year. So there you are with Broberg. Now, next year, let's say they trade Broberg for a forward. So they have Hoffenmeyer, Warner, Kemp, Deneen, Gleason, Niemalainen on the farm. So one of those guys would be your new seventh defenseman. Let's say it's um let's say it's Cam Deneen. Okay? Seven seventy five, he's an RFA at the end of the year. Cam Deneen wasn't a number eight overall pick, and maybe Broberg shouldn't have been. But there was something there on the day you drafted him. And you still don't know. It's This is coming up on five years. We always talk about you need five years before you make the call. We're not there yet. And he's played 79 NHL games. And he's looked good in the AHL. I just think this is too soon. And this is an organization that is, once again, apparently, closing the books on a player too soon. And it's too bad. It really is. Because it's happened in the past. And you can say, when does it happen? And Andrew Cogliano, there's an example. Cogliano played here, but they sent him away miles too soon. Miles too soon. And 
I, I, maybe they're right. Maybe he's not the guy. But man, I'd wait. I would. I would wait. You go back to 2010 and then add up all the players since then, the owners have drafted who've made the NHL, and some of them didn't even sign, like Tobias Reeder, Eric Gustafson. This is too soon. He's not Martin Marinson. He is fast and he is big and he is learning and he can, McCurdy said it, you know, he does some, he, che- che- he, he cheats really well at the blue line. He does make some mistakes. You've got to play him. That's how you, that's how you learn. Is our children learning? They don't develop in a straight line. Man, I wish the Edmonton Oilers would reconsider this. Greg, uh, Craig Kimbrell's deal with the Orioles is done. Thirteen million one year. What do you think of that, Declan? You a big baseball fan? Not a huge baseball fan, but I like the signing. I mean, I you know I don't follow the off season that closely, but I think they're a team I enjoy and they're a team I root for because they've just been you know so below average. I think for for so long they don't have any watching. money, right? Like yeah, and that's the thing. The and, guys, and they're so. just they're a team that kind of lives in that territory. To, so to see them get this done, I'm happy for them. Yeah. So what are you wearing Saturday night? What are you going to go? You just jeans or what? Probably a three piece. Come on now, you're going to make me look all. foolish. Yeah, well that's the plan. Man. Slick back hair, James Bond did nice bow tie. Do you, do you think you could pull off Bond? Like, could you do that? You're that smooth. Yeah, I think so. Maybe not, but I still think I could do it. Think so? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Well, I would send Broberg down today and call him back up until there's an injury. That means you get meaningful playing time from Stu. I don't have any quarrel with that. Coach doesn't like Broberg. That's funny. Coach hasn't even officially had him long enough to even coach. Sad. Well, I don't know if he doesn't like him, but I, I, I don't know that he, you know, knows enough about him to make the call. And that means management would be making the call. I agree that Hamlin is picking up momentum. Who's more consistent than Ryan? I like our fourth line. Our top three lines are very good. Don't trade Burrowberg. That's my point. Don't trade him. As far as I can tell, Broberg is a bigger, faster, cheaper Kulak. Well, Kulak is a veteran guy. I get that. I understand why coaches want to play veterans. But if you're going to offload something, why is it the inexpensive young guy? That's not what teams do. You trade the more expensive piece. Not the less expensive piece. Everybody always, always, always in the NHL, if you've got a guy who can play and he's less expensive than the guy he'd be replacing and you're not losing too much, you make that trade. And I like, maybe you don't get much for Kulak. Maybe you, maybe you just rest Kulak once in a while. Maybe Kulak getting a little bit of time off would be better. I have to take a break. Low down with low tide on Sports 1440. It's 143, Sports 1440. This is the low down with low tide. Driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Hurry in for GMC's Joy to the Ride event. No payments for 90 days on every new in-stock 2023 GMC and Buick. Ask for details. Or details. Plus get $4,000 in Christmas cash. I say details. Is that how you say it? I think I say details. I don't say okay. details much. I'm a details guy. I would like everybody to just 
be named Smith, and we all agree it's details. If we could do that, please. And I know that you're like, geez, that's pretty, you know, uh, I'm just saying. Yeah, like I was just a little like, why do we all have to be named Smith? Why can't we have some degree of uniqueness well, to you, us? Keep your our name own is names. Kruger, and yeah. I get confused about the UE or the EU. Can yeah. it just be Kruger? I, I guess it could have been in another life. Not really up to me, but I like it. Well, it suits me. I look like a Kruger. Well, I'm just saying to you. To you. Daniel Nugent Bowman has a new article up at The Athletic. Why Otis Philip Broberg will remain out of the lineup amid trade speculation. So I want to pass it along. I'm not going to tell you the whole story. You got to read it. Um, Knobloch said, Coach Chris Knobloch said, right now I'm very happy with our six defensemen. They've been playing well. And by the way, they're 6 3 0. Our defensive structure has been good. Our goals against have been going down. I know when he gets that opportunity, he gets to play, he'll show that he can play. Unfortunately, the situation right now. Is our he is our seventh guy? There's nothing wrong with that. That's all fine. And then he has other quotes in here that are really good. Um, and yeah, there's some interesting things in there. You want to read it? I will say that to you. Daniel's been doing great work here for several years now. I think he came around, his first year was the year Shirelli was fired. Was that 1819? The world, she's a blur, but I believe that is correct. Garrett says, I didn't think today would be a Yonsu and Hardikane and rant. <laughs> They're all in here. I got Toby Peterson on the power play. I got, uh, we're going to challenge Jeff Petrie, whatever. It's like a greatest, it's like a jukebox. You go in and you, you know, you push B-17 and you get please, Mr. Please. Why are you on Kulak all the time? Just because you have a man crush on Broberg. Kulak has been fairly consistent this year, considering how bad the defense has been. Broberg was and is overrated by the media. He's invisible. When he's on the ice, he might be a career minor league player. Apart from height and skating, he doesn't contribute to anything. He isn't physical. He can't score. He can't defend. What does he do? Gord. Great tune. My buddy sings it quite often at the bar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Brian S. You're very funny. Should we do it? Because he, I mean, he did it kind of cool. 101 Bar and Grill Karaoke Nights Wednesday and Friday. Well done, sir. What was that song coming back from the commercial? Hasn't hit me yet by Blue Rodeo. You you could go, if you went into a store and you bought all of their Blue Rodeo 8-tracks, you would not go wrong. And you're going to say, well, there's no 8-tracks, Al. Well, then buy the CD or the LP. Or just go to Spotify. Does Spotify have Blue Rodeo? Oh, of course. Of course. Just listen to Blue Rodeo. You can't go wrong. That's what it boils down to. I... I there's a Blue Rodeo album. They're Canada's Beatles. Well, you know, in a way, they kind of are. Proclaimed by me right here. I, right I now. love Blue Rodeo. They they have an album right now. Um, it's their fifth studio album. It's called Five Days in July. And it was released in 1994. 
And the songs are Five Days in May, Hasn't Hit Me Yet, Bad Timing, Cynthia, Photograph, What Is This Love, English Bay, Head Over Heels, Till I Gain Control Again, which is, they do a stunningly beautiful job of a beautiful Rodney Crowell song. Dark Angel, Know Where You Go, Tell Me Your Dream. I, I love that album. It's like the soundtrack for me when my kids were small, uh, you know, when they're growing up, because we were listening to Skin and Marinky Dinky Doo. And we were listening to Fred Penner sing What a Day. And I had my Blue Rodeo five days in July. And I hung on to that like grim death because, man, that was the good stuff. I love that album. Bad Timing is probably my favorite Blue Rodeo song. Not to go too far down the rabbit hole, but I'm a Lost Together guy. Oh, I love that song. Can't go. It's so good. What's the Bee Gees song that they do? Uh, to Love Somebody, isn't it? Wow, they go nuts on that. I love that song. And of course, um, was Try the big single? It's good too. I think Try was the big single. People are texting me saying I've got a great Blue Rodeo story, but they're not telling me. Okay. Also giving me some input on the Edmonton Oilers, which I appreciate. Thank you. Great song. Great show. There you go. Would you say as a percentage of the show, we talk about hockey 70% of the time? I would say. Right. Yes. 70 sounds good. Music 20 and then basketball 10. I wouldn't even say basketball 10. I would say like other sports. Okay. Right. Because we did like skateboarding, snowboarding today. We did snowboarding. We had one one thirtieth of the show per week is MMA. Another one thirtieth is just kind of other sports that come to my mind. So, yeah, I would say 10% uh, the rest of the rest of the world is kind of where we land. LT, sure, you can rest Kulak, but it'll be a healthy scratch. Then it becomes a story and a distraction if they lose. You've got seven guys. You can rest people without it being a big deal. It's a long year. You want those, You want all these players to be healthy. I don't think it's that big a deal. You know, he hasn't played in a long time, and now they're going to have to send him down. They, I, I, that's my belief in the next few days, they'll say, look, he hasn't played in a while. We've got it. He's got the information now. We're on a roll. We're calling up Ben Gleason or Cam Deneen. He's going to go down there, get his, get his situation, get his confidence, and then we're going to bring him back and we're going to plug him into the lineup. I think that will happen. And I don't think that's a terrible idea. Offside says, I think most of us, including me, are inclined to take the player's side over management. But there was another high pick named Jesse Pugliarvi who thought he wasn't handled properly by the Oilers either. What was the result? He wound up getting overpaid for two seasons and finds himself seeking NHL employment. Problem with that is that he really did get hurt. Like he had some hip injuries. And you can't just say that didn't happen. It did. Saw them play five days in July in its entirety at the Jube in August. So good from Rick. Oh, man. Invisible is good. Just shows he's doing his job playing defense. Low Tide, it's unfortunate you have boneheads listening to your show. We, there's no boneheads. I mean, maybe working the show. Yeah, I was just going to say, know. I was going to make that joke myself. Uh, oh, you my know. goodness. Well, it was there, right? Like, you do get a point where you... Oh, it was such a layup. Right. It was a fast break, 4-on-0 alley-oop layup. And we hit it. We got it. 
Keep this band keep this going right to the chorus. One of the bands that has two prominent singers from B. It's true. The the we lost Miles Goodwin uh, not long ago, and they were always better. I thought when Jim Clinch was in the band, like Stand Back and that. I always thought they were better. And their early stuff like Fast Train and Could Have Been a Lady. When you go with one writer and one vocalist, it becomes less. That's why Fleetwood Mac was great. You know, in the Stones, I mean, Keith Richards sang some at least. But I think bands, it, it, you know, the best Canadian bands have a, more than one writer and more than one singer. I believe that, and Blue Rodeo is one of them. Unless you've got, a like, an iconic voice like uh, Neil Young or Geddy Lee, Charlie Brown. I'll take music over CFL all day. Why are people on the CFL? What, did you see that damn Grey Cup game? Best of my lifetime, I think. Granted, I'm pretty young, but incredible game. Uh, and you're a, you're an NFL guy. Well, the CFL was the league that made me fall in love with sports. I'll always have such a love for the CFL, so I can't I can't go that far. But I love the CFL because that's where I saw Warren Moon play, and I saw Tom Wilkinson play, and I saw Waddell Smith play. And I saw Jim Germany and Dave Finnell and Dan Kepley and Joe Highbaugh and Joe Holloman. Um, Larry Highbaugh and Joe Holloman. What the hell am I thinking? Um, I saw um, Gas play, AJ Gas play. I saw so many great players. Ricky Ray, for crying out loud. What a player. And I saw some good teams. I remember when the Rough Riders had Joey Walters, wonderful receiver. I remember when they had all the Canadian receivers in the in Saskatchewan. Canadian Air Force, yeah. yeah. Rob Bag, Andy Fantuz, Weston Fantuz Dressler. was a hell of a player. Yeah. Oh, incredible. Really was. Jason Claremont was on that team as well. Yeah. And, near the and they had that little career. American guy from Montana, seven or whatever. Yeah, that was Weston Dressler. That was yeah. I, I list him already. He wasn't Canadian, but no, no, he was I, part of that no, squad no, and he no, was he was damn good. Best way to watch the order, shut the audio off with Blue Rodeo in your stereo. Neil in the hat. Well, we love Bob, and we love we love all of them. We love Cam. We love Jack. Love Louie. Love Gene. Gene Principe is like a national treasure. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's been a great day. I've enjoyed myself. He lied. The only reason I didn't is because they're going to trade Broberg, and I think it's a mistake. But I'll get over it, just like I have all the other mistakes. Thanks so much for tuning into The Lowdown. Jason Greger, next is time for a sports update.